the name of the syndicate is Just Us, which is essentially a collective of brothers who are looking to ensure change, equity, justice, and ownership within our communities through education and empowerment, economic empowerment. definitely is what's going on with you how you been you know life it's crazy <laughs> but I mean, we still here you're living good though you're living yeah. good you look amazing it's oh, like, thanks, you know? been so long yeah. like 2005 yeah literally that's probably been <laughs> it yeah <laughs> yeah yep. but um thank you so much for your time um you know we're not going to hold you forever here but um we do appreciate you for chiming in today um, what this is, is a podcast called Build Your Own. Um, we are a syndication of just like minds who come together to mm -hmm. kind of develop an understanding and communication about how we can build um, equity, you know, justice, proper change um, for our community. We want to do that through education and economic mm -hmm. empowerment. And so um, what we're doing is we're finding, you know, leaders of multiple industries um, people that we, you know, highly respect and reviewed their career as something that's commendable and we can, you know, shine light and gain information from. And um, just developing a platform to let you come on, talk about what your experience has been in your field and what it is that um, you yourself are looking forward to taking on in the future that we can support. And so um, for anybody, let me just give my lineup that's available here today. We got our good friend, Aquaeus Kelly, with us. Hey, Rolanda. Hi, Aquarius. Um, another How are you? Piscataway High 05 graduate was Tafik Martins. Who's <laughs> on here? Hello. Tuck. He's probably busy with something, but um, we also have my <laughs> friend uh, Kent here. He's an entrepreneur and many facets, Renaissance man. And uh, another good friend of ours is Keith Brown. He's a Another great mind who's also out here doing great things. It's nice to meet you, Rolanda. Nice to meet you too. So, um, so Rolanda, if you don't mind, uh, if you can give us just a quick little breakdown about yourself and your uh, growth and career, and how you've gotten to where you are. All right, I will try to make it quick. <laughs> um, so after high school, I went to Rutgers, majored in accounting in New Brunswick. Um, and I was a little torn between, you know, I wanted to go to a black college, but then, you know, like, especially in my field, you don't see a lot of black people. Um, and I, I was personally torn between like, I wanted to be with my people, but then it was like, I didn't want to have a false sense of reality because if I was only surrounded by black people and then I went into corporate America and then I'm going to feel even more lonely. Um, so I feel like being in Rutgers, New Brunswick was a good experience because it was so competitive to get into the business school. And when I graduated in 2009, I was the only black accountant major. So that kind of prepared me for like, you know, what I was going to face. Um, so then I started my career in corporate America. And initially I thought like, oh, you know, I want to rise to the top. I want to be this. I want to be that. 
maybe two or three years into it, I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, it, you know, it gives it financially, it was great, but, um, I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel satisfied. Um, I also still felt like uh, knowing my personality, like I'm not really here for the games that you have to play in corporate America, especially as a black woman, like you're even more, um, you, you, it's like a double minority. So there's times where, you know, you always have to, you, you're not yourself. Like you always have to have to watch what I wear, you know, like they can wear, you know, a skirt from Forever 21. If I come in with a skirt from Forever 21, ooh, and her butt and her hips, you know, you have to be mindful of every single thing. You're walking into meetings, you may be the only woman and then you're the only black woman, like they're not really interested in what you want to say. So I, I just didn't have the personality personality to jump through those hoops, to try, you know, like to fight to show you who I am. I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm all right with that. <laughs> so um, let's see, after college, I think it's the first time me and my husband had started a business. Actually, it was on kind of off campus. It was off of Easton Ave at Rutgers um, and it was Crew and Cry. <laughs> the clothing yeah. store yes yeah, you remember and I think that was kind of you know like we would always say like we want to be in business we want to do this we want to do that but it was always you know like a fear of the unknown like a fear you know will I be able to succeed um will I make it you always hear about people's businesses that don't you know that don't work um and I think if we didn't do that we wouldn't be where we are now because that kind of gave me the the courage you know the the faith to actually go out and do it. Um, so after Crew and Cron, um, we decided, you know, we, we always knew we wanted to get into franchising. And for me, sometimes I look at like the Forbes list, like who made it there? I'll look at like billionaires in the US. I'm like, how did they get there? And I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So if the billionaires, like if we look at Robert Smith, he did it through private equity, like, let me do that. Um, if they, if they're normally, you know, real estate, franchising, private equity, <laughs> give me all three of those lanes. Um, so that's pretty much how we were building out like a roadmap of what we wanted to get into. Um, and that's kind of where, how we landed where we are. So we literally went into real estate franchising and now starting to get into private equity. Hope that was quick. <laughs> that was, uh, that was lightning fast, but <laughs> filled, I mean, filled with um, great information. Um, you said a, 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 a double minority, which hit yep. pretty close to home. And home, I yep. for Kent too. No, I got that written down, because I was like, <laughs> oh, I hope she don't think I'm not getting away with that one. That I'm going to actually let you dig on, dig in. That's it. No, keep going. I just, I, when you said it, I said amen, and I realized I was on mute. So I was like, I'm myself but you know, um, just you know, just that experience as a black woman in this, yeah. you know, in any in industry, I think they experience mm -hmm. what you mentioned, um, being a double minority, but specifically one in such that as accounting, and then growing even further if you just take it outside of what you experienced that led you even to the direction of real estate, yeah. franchising, and private equity. The realization that you're a minority, and then as a woman, you're a double minority coming in and um, taking such leadership. And so for where you are today, can you just give us some further knowledge on what you've acquired today in terms of your franchise placement? Where are you? Oh, man. 
You guys know I like to be quiet, calm, and reserved. I, I know, I know, but we're not here for that. We're here to okay. oh, you know, let people see the victories of a double So, for franchising, um, what is this? Today is the 13th Thursday. So yesterday, as of yesterday, we officially opened our 11th store. Wow. That's what I'm talking about. I know. Thank you, guys. Um, and you it's sound effects in here, man. Yeah, I'm about I to say, I need some bomb drops. I need something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting um, because when we got into franchising, when we sat down and tried to think about who do we want to, you know, who do we want to uh, franchise with? Like, if you think about, you know, like Subway, do we think they're going to be here in the next 20 years? You know, we went through like every list of franchising. Who do we think is going to be here? Who can weather the storm? Yada, yada, yada. We landed on, and the, and the things that are most common, like pizza, wings, um, sandwiches. So for pizza, we landed on Papa John's. Don't y'all slaughter me yet. <laughs> but this was a couple years ago. Um, at the time, you know, NFL partnership, NFL isn't going anywhere. Like everything made sense. Naturally, like six weeks after we closed on the stores is when the former CEO made his comments. So I'm like, ain't this about a, but I feel like there was also a lot of growth and opportunity in that because one, I was voicing like, hey, what, what's the plan? What are we going to do? How y'all plan on fixing this? Like you can't be silent. People, they may not talk about it every day. They're just going to say, like, I'm not eating there anymore. So that's it. Like, we're, I'm not still talking about H&M, but, like, I just won't shop there. Like, I, it just, they're dead to me. So um, I feel like it, it put us in a place, especially since they didn't have a lot of Black franchisees, where you're going to listen to me. You're going to hear what I have to say, and I'm going to continue to challenge you to to change things and like one of the reasons why there's not a lot of black franchisees you have so many rules so if you're saying and it, it goes into all of the systemic issues that we have so in order to be a franchisee you have to have a certain amount of net worth well if we couldn't buy homes how do we accumulate net worth like everything is tied into the history of like this country so I'm asking them, well, hey, you need more black franchisees. How about you change the rules for them? <laughs> like, how about you offer them financing so that they don't have to go to a bank? Like, what can we do to fix this problem that we know exists? Okay. That's where we are, y'all. 11. That's very good. And again, very, very, very proud of that for you. Um, Thank you. You said something, and I mean, I hope I'm not taking anybody's question with this. You said something about um, the fear of you know, jumping into this with, you know, the uh, original store in New Brunswick. Um, yep. And if you can, just speak to what that overcoming stage felt like and what was it about that fear that you saw became, like, as you are where you are today, how do you mm -hmm. look at that fear and be like, wow, that was something that I should have never even had. Yeah. That I've accomplished it. How do you look at that? Um, I think the fear comes from the unknown. The fear comes from you don't want to fail. You also don't want to publicly fail. So like all of these things play through your mind. Um, and, and literally the fear probably would have prevented me from ever doing it. 
and it, it was it was crazy. Like when I tell y'all, it was crazy. It was probably the dumbest thing we ever did. We were literally driving home um, from church. <laughs> we were going up Hamilton Street. We saw a for rent sign. Was like, oh, let's check this place out. And literally, my husband was like, oh, like let's sign the lease. Like we didn't have a name. We did. I didn't know what we were selling. It like it was really stupid. <laughs> like we just said, let's sign the lease. And if we didn't, once we signed the lease, it was like, oh, shoot, like we got to pay this rent. So like, let's figure this out. Um, and it happened. That's when I was actually pregnant with my first daughter. So I was going on maternity leave. So my, I didn't have like the traditional maternity leave where I'm sitting home and like, you know, preparing the room. I'm on a computer, Googling, printing out stuff like tax IDs, filing stuff. I think it was like a, you know, like a business masters, like on steroids or something. Yeah. Um, but the thing, the part that kind of helped me is that when you look at people, you only hear about their wins, right? They don't tell you about all of their losses. You know, like you don't, you don't know everybody's path, what struggles they went through. Um, and when you start to dig into these things, you're like, oh, wow. Like I never knew, you know, like we might see Oprah today, like, man, Oprah, like we forget about her being, you know, an orphan and all the other stuff that she went through. So for me, it was like, okay, if I fail, I fail. Like at least there was a lesson learned and I'll know what to do, you know, for next time. So I think that's what kind of got me to get over the hump, um, was just realizing like people are going to fail the same way. Like when you're riding a bike, you're not going to learn until you fall, you know, you got to get up, but just be prepared to fall. (laughs) Like put your helmet on because you're probably going to fall. Um, and I think that's kind of what helped get, get me over the hump. Thank you for taking the risk that you did. Oh. It turned out really good. Um, I'm going to open the floor to a couple of guys and, you know, get some questions. And Kent, I feel like you're ready. Yeah. So uh, first off, thank you for everything. Thank you for the time and all that. And I, I got to say, I always respect anyone who has a whiteboard behind them. So uh, <laughs> I, I, you have my utmost respect. Um, but I, 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 I love the fact that you said that, you know, being an accounting major kind of showed you what you were going to be walking into in that light of the world and, and realizing that you would be a double minority. Um, but I also feel like with what we do and what we're trying to do, that financial literacy is uh, a key and crucial ingredient into success in business. And so if you could, what are three things that you took away from the accounting world that you think either everyone should know, understand, master, or at least be familiar with in order to be successful in business? Because I know that there had to be something from that world. Yeah. Um, I would say understanding taxes, Mm. um, budgeting, and that like these things are important whether you're in business or not. Like you should know this just for life. Um, and I think just the basic like financial statement, like a balance sheet and income statement, I think is something that people should definitely learn. Um, you know, if you're in business, um, I would say those are the most important, but I, I do think that like financial literacy is the key to the world. Um, is something that I'm passionate about. Um, whenever I do get a chance, like especially if I have an opportunity to talk to students, you know, like high school age, um, 
I always try to give them like wisdom, especially within our community. You know, like if the kids are high school age, I mean, the world is different now with COVID. We don't know what college will be. Um, but I'm not the person that tells all these kids, like, you must go to college to succeed. I always tell, like, if their parents are there, I'm like, sorry, you may not like the message, but I'm not going to sit here and encourage your kids to go to school. I'm like, I have two daughters. If they don't plan on, you know, majoring in, like, one of these five things, y'all can go and live it up freshman year. Go to every party, pick it up, drop it low, and, like, <laughs> do what you got to do. But what I'm not going to allow my children to do and I think the reason why another part of why we are misguided, we still have so many like first generation college students, right? When I talk to people in corporate America or people that I've met, you know, like some of their friends and they're like, oh, I'm a dentist. I'm like, oh, what made you be a dentist? My parents are a dentist. I'm a lawyer. What made you be a lawyer? My parents were lawyers. They're following, you know, in their footsteps. For us, we have so many students that are first generation college students. They have no idea what they want to major in they also don't have the guidance to say like, here's where you should be. So, hi! <laughs> they don't have the guidance to know where they should be. So we have so many students that go to college, they'll major in whatever, anything. And college is so expensive. Like some people are paying $50,000 a year. So you racked up $200,000 worth of debt and you majored in love, right? You have no idea what you're going to do with the degree. You can't find a job. And then you end up getting a job that didn't require a degree. Like you were better off going to college, going to high school, and then just going to get that job and working your way up. So I won't allow my, like if they say, you know, if they're really passionate about it, like go, you know, go online or something. Like I don't want them getting $200,000 worth of debt and having no way of like paying that back. Because that that's the first I don't even know how you overcome that. You know what I mean? Where, you know, we have other people that are, um, we have other people that, you know, their grandparents paid for them to go to college. They left them a home. They left them things. We already didn't receive any of that. And then we put ourselves even further behind by thinking that we had to go to college just to get a job. Like you don't need college to get a job. You want to be a, you like dance, you want to be a dance teacher, get a room, some wooden floors and mirrors and go dance. Like I've never walked into a gym like, hey, I need a trainer. Show me your college degree. I don't just train me. Like, <laughs> what do I need to do? I need to lose this weight. Like I'm not walking around asking people for degrees. So like we need to get it out of the kids' heads that you have to go to college to succeed. You do not. Unless you want to be a doctor, a dentist, or you know, chemical engineer, then you need to go. But for some of this other stuff, you you don't need it. Those are strong points right there. Uh, coming from you, I think we should all take heed. <laughs> yeah, I definitely yeah. experience is one of the best teachers. Yeah. Yep. Um, so with that, I think if I, because I think that the three things that you listed, taxation, budgeting, and, and managing a balance sheet are definitely crucial. Um, yep. Now, being that you are a, a, a dive in head first individual, right? And that's what you guys did, uh, you and your husband, when you first got the, the first space. Um, I did that, right? My first space was a recording studio. 
um, plus a, an event center, plus a photography space, plus so I just, I found a big enough space and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. It's 4,000 square feet. I want all of it. And I've made so many mistakes. Now my business is only 1,100 square feet. We yes. specify in just music. I rent out the, so I've learned so many mistakes yes. that are just like crucial my biggest thing that i'm trying to, to give everybody is my list of mistakes that i've made so that they can avoid them so from diving in head first i'm pretty sure that you have a list of things that you would like man if i go back this is exactly what i would change or what tell other people so we can if i could steal a little bit of those from you that would be amazing listen i'm listening um one i mean you have to plan that was mistake number one is I didn't have a plan. I signed a lease with no plan. And that kind of forced me to try and move quickly, right? Maybe I didn't think everything through. Um, and that's natural. Like you can have a plan and your business will still evolve or things will still change or, you know, things may go, not go the way that you thought they would and you still have to, you know, kind of move with that. Um, location. You know, we were on, I don't know if everyone's familiar with New Brunswick, you know, like Easton Ave is the main street, all the students are there, like that's the life of, it's either George Street or Easton Ave is like the life of, you know, Rutgers. And Hamilton runs into Easton. So I'm like, oh, we're only two blocks from Easton. This is a great location. Well, it actually wasn't that great because everyone's walking up and down Easton. <laughs> like, what's going to make them say, hmm, Hamilton, let me walk this way and see what's up there. Like it was all houses, residential, and then a business. <laughs> um, and even the landlord said like, hey, you know, you guys can't be here too long because he had plans. He owned like both houses next to us. He was going to knock everything down and build like a big apartment building, which is actually there now. Um, so I think, I think location is key and location depending on your type of business. And then I also think um, marketing, you know, that's something that we often don't think about, you know, in advance. Um, and it's very important, you know, we might say like, oh, let's set up an Instagram page. Like there has to be so much more to it. And we were the, you know, we were, let's set up an Instagram page. No, I should have been having paid ads, you know, like just different ways to think about getting the word out there. Um, let me see what else. I think those would be the big, the big three, like planning, location, marketing. Yeah. Those are solid. I'm going to actually pass the ball off to McQuayus. Um, I think he has a few questions available. Oh, God. Aquaeus <laughs> is about to hit me with some heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you already know. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Aquaeus. I'm going to let you handle it. Um, <laughs> so, like franchising, right? I've, over the last five, 10 years, we've seen an evolution within the health and wellness space. Yep. Um, and with franchising, as you mentioned, it's predominantly like fast food, things that people can get quick, restaurants. Mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts on the future of franchising and maybe, you know, what it looks like to start acquiring up and coming restaurants who are yep. looking to franchise, for example, like a Cava or Sweet Green, but maybe on a smaller scale. How much thought have you put into that, like the future of franchising? So the future of franchising um, is definitely gonna change, especially because of the 
pandemic. Because even if you think about it, like IHOP and Applebee's, like all of these restaurants are all, well, not all, a lot of them are franchises. There are some corporate owned stores, but there's also some that are owned by individual people. And they've all been impacted because, you know, there's no longer indoor dining in some states. You know, people don't feel comfortable going out. They never had delivery as a part of their business model. Um, and now everyone has to change. So I think we're going to start to see the same way Kent said that, you know, he started with this 4,000 square foot space and now he's down to 1,100 square feet. I think we're going to start to see that in franchising. These large, you know, 7,000 square foot restaurants, they're going to have to shrink because you need to maximize, you know, your profit per square foot, per square footage. Um, I think some of the smaller restaurants may go away. I think we're going to see more ghost kitchens, which is basically it's a restaurant that doesn't have a storefront. So, and I always laugh because, um, you know, when um, Chuck E. Cheese, my kids love Chuck E. Cheese, they closed, <laughs> you know, they couldn't, you know, kids can't go in and play. They were trying to find a way to like still make money. So they were trying to sell their pizza and wings and they were on like Uber Eats and Grubhub DoorDash, but no one wants to order pizza from like Chuck E. Cheese. So they changed the name to like Pasquale's or something. <laughs> you guys can like Google it. They changed the name to Pasquale's and people were ordering pizza, not knowing that that was still pizza from um, Chuck E. Cheese, pizza and wings from Chuck E. Cheese. So I think we're going to see more of these ghost kitchen concepts where let's say you do have a 4,000 square foot kitchen, but in there you have a place that's selling burgers, a place that has salad, a place that has whatever. It's the same. It could be the same, you know, team of people that's cooking everything up, but only DoorDash is coming. Uber Eats is coming. They only have delivery drivers and they're just picking the stuff up and delivering it to wherever it needs to go. So I think we're going to start to see more of that. It'll be smaller, um, you know, smaller restaurants, smaller businesses, or there'll be businesses that, you know, we only see them on a third-party platform. We can't physically go there to pick up anything, just pure delivery. Got it. Yeah. And then uh, just one additional question in reference to building out a roadmap, franchising, real estate, private equity, where are you currently devoting most of your energy right now? Hmm. Unfortunately, give us some insight. <laughs> I have to. So, in terms of roadmap, this is what I, I can't do everything by myself. Yeah. Um, and I think we are at a place now where we're trying to build a team. You know, trying to find experts in certain areas because I don't know it all. So even you know when I look at private equity, um. That, that's never been my space, that, that hasn't been my field. Even when I think about like stocks, right? People always say like, oh, you did accounting. Do you trade stocks? I'm like, no, not really. You know, like I never learned about trading stocks in school, but I'll, you know, I'll read up about it. I'll try and find an expert. I'll try and find a mentor in that field. Um, so I think I try, <laughs> I try and spend my days like Monday, I'm going to look at this. Like Tuesday is this. Wednesday, I try and like divvy up my time but I'm also trying to either find partners or um, have someone that can kind of take, carry some of the uh, workload so that I'm not like spreading myself too thin um, and still able to kind of be up to speed with 
each angle. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Yes. I'm going to actually get my boy Drees on here. I know that uh, you're familiar with this young man. <laughs> Hi. You're really low. Oh, look, he got a, a whole setup. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. All right, cool. Roro, what's good? Hi. Uh, my fault for uh, tapping in late. Uh, had a little work situation I had to go through. Um, I'm trying, so I'm trying to catch what y'all, what y'all, what y'all been getting on. But uh, I see y'all tapping on a lot. Um, so one question I really want to ask um, was: uh, so with Papa John's, um, I mean, I've, 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 I, so I've, I've talked to Joe. I haven't really yep, talked yep. too deeply, but, but I'm really curious about your, your take on. Um, um, specifically with, let's say, all the, the, the drama that happened with yep. Papa John's. Um, how is it, um, because I think, uh, I think there's, especially with this whole Black Power, mm -hmm. the, the locally owned franchises, like, you know, you see people who um, want to say, oh, well, stop shopping at such and such. Stop, yep. stop doing this and that. Um, and then with Papa John's, they had the whole thing where the, the guy who represents Papa John's says something. Now everybody's like, yo, nah, we don't mess with them. Yeah. Um, to, to like, um, unbiased, I actually, Papa John's is actually my favorite pizza, like, <laughs> of, the, like of the popular chains. Like, I'd rather eat at Papa John's than a Pizza yep. Hut or whatever. Um, so when that happened, it was kind of like, dang, I got to give up Papa John's. And that's just yep. an initial thought. Um, and then, but the afterthought is like, well, if I, I know that if I go to Newark, I'm supporting black businesses. I know yep, if yep. I'm in Irvington, I'm supporting black businesses, but generally most people don't get to see that. Um, I'm kind of curious how, what is the mind state going on? Because of course, um, as a franchise owner, you have to like, you have to protect your investment. Yep. But on the other side, you, I mean, you, I'm pretty sure you know, like what other people are feeling, what other people are thinking, what is yep. kind of like the internal, uh, I guess, dialogue that happens when you're, when you're confronted. I mean, it, it was hard. Um, it, it was really hard. I would say when it all first happened, I mean, I was pissed. Like, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. Um, I was pissed. And then my initial reaction was, we got to sell the stores. We got to get out of this business. Like, mm -hmm. that's it. Then I thought about the people. And even though it was a short period of time, everyone that Irvington, two stores in North East Orange, like y'all, we all look the same. You know, like mm -hmm. I understand your struggles. I understand what's happening. And, and for me, it was like, if I sell the stores, we're actually turning our backs on them because when we first got there they you know they're lined up at the door like oh I worked here for so long I didn't get a raise I was told I was going to get this I was going to get that and I'm like I would I never want to be that person like I never mm -hmm. want to treat people unfairly or take advantage of them I, like I never want to do that um and I, I felt like this put us in a position where we can help you know give them more resources you know like just be a tool for them not what they were used to you know someone coming in bossing them around, whatever. I felt like we were building, you know, like a relationship with the team. Um, so I didn't want to turn my backs on them. The, so after they got rid of that CEO, the person who kind of stepped into his role, I was literally calling on him on his cell phone. Like, so what are we, what, what are we doing? <laughs> like, are you, what is the plan here? 
Um, because I could tell, you know, they didn't release anything. And I think their mm-hmm. thought was, we're going to be silent and, you know, this will away. blow over. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is not going to blow over. Um, you need to come up with a plan. And I'm I, even like, here are some great ideas. Like, I did the work for you. Um, and then it was leading up to the Super Bowl. And they're like, oh, we want to work with the Players Coalition. Well, what have you done? Like, mm-hmm. what have, I gave you a li- you didn't do anything? Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you can't work with them. Oh, we want to put out a commercial. We want you and Joe in a commercial. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. Oh, you can give money to your charity. I am not doing that. Like, you either have to show me that you are going to do something. I'm not going to be a token Black girl. <laughs> like, you have to show us that you, and I'm, I may not change how you feel deep down inside, but I'm going to make you change someone else's life you're you're going to change your policies you're going to do something so that there's more than a handful of black franchisees like Mm. i don't care how you feel because i can't change your feelings but what i can do is make you come out of your mouth and say this is what you stand for like Mm. i I don't know so it it was it was tough um and i felt like i was going to war with them but at that point i'm like what are you going to do like you're not my boss. <laughs> like we have a franchise franchisee. I can say whatever I want to say. Um, and I think they kind of, you know, realize. And, and when I tell you I was challenging them, like there was a, a person that was like, oh, we got to, you know, achieve diversity, whatever. They, you know, promoted someone to, I'm like, well, how long has she been there? What was she doing before? And why is it now that you're looking at her? Like, so she could have been there for 10, 15, 20 years, just, smooth sailing under the radar uh, you know you're swimming up shit's creek and now all of a sudden it's like oh my god she's so talented like <laughs> yes i was like you're gonna sweat you are gonna sweat <laughs> like you're gonna feel this what i feel you're gonna feel it you're gonna have to deal with it so 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 the idea was pretty much to put pressure on well not not to uh leave the people that you built the relationship with on the front yeah. line um, but also to put the pressure on the people who are essentially control the brand. Yep. Um, and I guess, cause I remember I did have one uh, conversation um, and I remember Joe talking about, uh, and, and this is how I know you guys are very strategic people, but he, cause he had, he said that um, the idea of um, something going on with the brand or the owner um, was in your strategy as like some, like a, a opposition to what I, I guess y'all was shopping so I guess my next question kind of after that is like what I'm sure I I don't know if you again I'm late so I don't know if you um answered what made you consider franchising but also what um what was more of a reason for Papa John's or Pisa or whatever versus some other potential ideas um that that were out there so when we look at like America and what's the top foods that Americans eat? It's like pizza, wings, sandwiches. So we felt like that was a safe bet. Um, also, there, there's, it, it's interesting, right? So when you look at like Blaze Pizza, like LeBron invested in, Bla- in Blaze, but LeBron's brand is so powerful that he can literally take Blaze from zero to a hundred real mm-hmm. quick. LeBron can get behind any, any, any business. We can say like Joe's burgers. Okay. And 
there's five locations. LeBron puts his stamp on it. People will start like, oh, I want to get that. I want to franchise mm -hmm. that, whatever. Um, we, we also looked at what are some small brands, because if you got in Blaze early, you can be doing phenomenal. And then you might also look at like, well, there's a Blaze. There's also all these other similar type style, you mm -hmm. know, restaurants that didn't make it anywhere. And that's, you know, these smaller companies have to spend more money on marketing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you're on your Uber Eats or DoorDash, you, no one has to explain what Wendy's is, but if it says Joe's Burgers, you're going to have to say like, what's Joe's Burgers? What do they sell? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you have to make a decision. Do you want to focus your efforts? If you're in like a, a well-known franchise, you have to focus your efforts on just running the operations. If you pick a smaller franchise, you may have a bigger reward. You may get the territories that you want. You may, you know, have more, um, it could be a smaller knit family. Maybe you have more, uh, the ability to make certain decisions or changes. Like right now, I can't say at Papa John's, I want to start, you know, selling whatever. Like I can't make up my own pizza to start selling it. Yeah, 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 but yeah. if you're in a smaller place, you can, you know, you might give your ideas and have more input, but you also have to focus on operations and, marketing to get the word out there. What is this? What do they sell? Um, so I think it, it, you have to determine what you, where you want to be and what do you want to do? Because there's a lot of times, and if, if you're in a field where there's not really a big like game changer, then I would say like if I'm opening up a, a smoothie shop, like there's Smoothie King and like Jamba Juice. And I don't think there's any around me. So if someone opened up Joe's Smoothies, I would go there because mm -hmm. I don't have a Jamba Juice or a Smoothie King around me. And you still have the ability to make the same amount as them. You know, you're controlling your menu. I think that goes back to the plan, you know, like, and location, where are you going to be? Because it doesn't make sense to open up. And I don't, I don't want to say it doesn't make sense. It may, you may be a little bit more, you may have more of a challenge. Like if you're opening up a coffee shop and you're next in between Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, you're going to have a challenge. But if you're opening up your coffee shop and there is no, you know, national competition near you, you have your marketing, you have your product, whatever it is, um, you'll be fine. You know, you'll be fine. So I think we had to kind of think through all of that. Like what brands, who's in this pizza, chicken sandwich space? Who do we think is going to be here 20 years from now? Um, who has room for growth? Because if you pick the number one, you know, you have all these other people that are trying to be number one. You know, like all of those things, I think, ran through our minds. Um, but we kind of landed on Papa John's because of the, you know, better ingredients, what they stood, what they stand for. Um, you know, the partnership that, with sports and the NFL, like those were all things that helped us make that decision. So uh, I'm just I'm just say um, what I heard um kind of uh, in my in my own two 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 years was you 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 essentially took a self inventory and said this is what what we want to do and mm -hmm. and it was really a decide a decision of do we want to be business owners or do, or do we want to be like entrepreneurs where you're like making my own idea from the bottom up yep. and you took you took the idea and said well we we're probably we probably could be better business owners it's probably more sound investment and we can you know get more on the world versus 
actually were in this look and then what's the aesthetics and everything you kind of get it out the box and like you yep. kind of get a template on it and say okay well I know I can I can make this template work you get it and you just and obviously you've just been duplicating it since so um yeah, yeah and I, I think um it it's you said like business owners versus entrepreneurs I think um it takes some people don't know how hard it is to be an entrepreneur right you'll look at some of these larger companies like uber and stuff before they went public and they're raising money and you'll see like uber raised you know they had a, a round of you know funding and they raised a hundred million dollars and you're like what do you need a hundred million dollars for mm. they'll take 50 million and just pour it in marketing like i'm mm. gonna make sure my competitor doesn't stand a chance mm. so when you're thinking of like entrepreneur versus just being a business owner for me i feel like if i'm a business owner and i can be a successful business owner and now i can accumulate wealth now i put myself in a better position like if i want to go open up my smoothie shop i now have the money to pour into the marketing to you know to do those things to to build it up because it's, it's going to be very very difficult to do that um, with limited funds you might have struggles getting lending you know, you don't want to keep knocking on your friends' doors and family. Hey, I have this idea. You know, people don't want to invest in you. I think for me, if we did it in the reverse, we might have a better, you know, more of a fighting chance. <laughs> now, I actually agree too, because like not even just not even just with the uh, with that, um, but the also like I, I I take into consideration like the technologies that you get to that you get to witness. Like you get to mm -hmm. know what 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 the process looks like when the the orders are coming through and everything's yep. through so by the time you get to your own situation you could kind of you know replicate or like you yep. know go off more of what you're seeing versus like literally sitting sitting in the store making it up as you go like okay i think i want this here like you know maybe the customer sees it here versus like a papa john's like i know what i know what's going to happen because yep. it happens the same way every time so yeah like, i don't but um, yeah, that's all my questions. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested to see what I missed so far, but I'll catch it uh, when Q. When Q <laughs> out. Um, thank you for your time. Um, yeah, your your blessing as always. Oh, thank you. Bro, before we let you go, I'm very interested to know. Um, granted, you're a franchise owner. You're doing wonderful things. Um, and you're very focused on supporting communities that look like us. And yep. so, um, you know, we want to make sure that not only are we paying it attention, but that we're in some format supporting whatever your endeavors are. And so, you know, my question before you go would be, uh, what is it that we can support that you're, you know, moving on and, um, you know, spread the word about? Um, you know, we never really had like a campaign of like, <laughs> we're black owned Papa John's, you know, like, we we never really did that i think and a part of it was the timing like once everything happened and then like you know all of the drama i was like oh i'm not putting on this papa john shirt like i when i tell you i was angry like i was and i was telling them i'm like if i didn't own this business i wouldn't eat, i would never eat your pizza <laughs> like it's not like you have a product that i can't find somewhere else i can go to Piscataway pizza, Stelton pizza, anywhere to get this. So I'm like, you have to fix this. Um, so I think we never officially came out and said like, oh, black owned, you know, we are that. I feel like now, you know, we're starting to do it more. Um, 
And I, I think it was important for the community to know that. And I think as people started to, to become aware, like there's even one guy who used to live near my grandmother um, and he knew we had Papa John's and he, you know, he, he's pretty, you know, he's in politics and stuff. And he said he was riding around um, with like, maybe it was like cops or something. And they <laughs> rode by and they were like, F Papa John's. He said, oh no, you know, my niece owns that one. They were like, really? And I'm like, oh, we'll order pizza. You know, like it was, it, it was kind of funny how it happened, but their initial reaction was like, oh, that racist place. There was even a time where like a councilman in one of the cities was like, oh, there's a Papa John's in our community and he's racist and like organizing a, um, like a, a rally at the store. And I'm like, hey, so just, you know, like that one actually isn't owned by the racist guy. Like we own it. And he was like, really? And like, oh, okay, my bad. Like we won't have this, this rally, you know. Please no, please no. You know, tell everyone to boycott. So I think, you know, we started to see the importance, we want aware that like, you know, we do, it is a black owned business. Um, we're always hiring, always. We always need delivery drivers. I always put that out there. As long as you have a license, insurance, you haven't killed nobody and no armed robbery. <laughs> like you're good to go, <laughs> I don't care about nothing. <laughs> um, seriously no I, I will give everyone a chance no armed robbery as long as she didn't do that i'll give you a chance um <laughs> that's too funny <laughs> but yeah. who am i you know you, you 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 dealt with whatever you did you make people make mistakes you yes. paid your you know your dues yeah, come back to society people don't arm rob rob by mistake i don't think i don't think that's a mistake <laughs> that was not a mistake that's why as long as you did not do arm robbery <laughs> can i can i can i interject before we let you go and ask yeah. um can you speak on um the private equity side of, of everything that you have going on because i feel like that's not something that we touched upon or um i also feel like that's not something that is super popular in our community, yeah. Um, but before it's you, if if I could, just um, have you thought about doing a fireside chat at at your locations? Like if if I like, so when that when that when that entire thing happened, um, mm -hmm. I I always try to put myself in the position of what I would do if I was an owner or you know or a franchisee. Um, yep. And I, I said that I would get out ahead of. The, the BS and I would mm -hmm. do a fireside chat and have people come to my location and ask them and film it, but ask them yeah. what they think should be done. This mm -hmm. way they feel like number one, they got their voice to be heard. And then number yeah. two, we kind of have a list of suggestions. And then number three, I have the voice of the community that is supporting the, because like if I call the owner and I'm like, yo dude, you got to get your stuff together. It's cool because I'm the owner, but it's like, if I'm like, yo, dude, you got to get your stuff together because I got 100 people who always shop yeah. here all the time and they're not trying to shop here no more. They sitting right here right now. They want to know what you're going to do. Like, yeah. it, I feel like it just gives it a little bit more pressure if I put that money in front of you. Is that yeah. something that you consider doing in like? So we, we, I didn't consider like a fireside chat, but there is an option. Like, let's say you order your pizza. And you normally want to say like, oh, you know, it was great. It was warm. Or, hey, my pizza came late. People were literally going in the box where they're supposed to say like, oh, my pizza was great. Or thanks for the delivery, you know, whatever. Paragraphs, like paragraphs going off. And I would take the time and I was responding to them because they would say, you know, like, 
um, you're racist, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, I, hey, I agree with everything that you said. Um, my views are not his views. Um, he does not own this location. You know, this is a black owned, this, you know, I said, this is an independently owned and operated business. Signed, Rolanda Johnson. And you have to know, Rolanda <laughs> is a black girl. So I was like, I'm not, you know, I was, it, I was walking on a fine line because I didn't, I, inside, I'm like, I'm about to hang a banner, black owned business. Like I'm putting a fist on it. I'm doing all these things. I'm like, I don't want them to be like, oh, you violated your franchise agreement or something. That's not a part of the marketing plan. But I said, I'm going to find a way to let the people know that, um, hey, I, I, they're like, oh, you know, Kaepernick kneeling. I'm like, he should kneel, continue to kneel. Like I'm kneeling with him. But just so you know, this is an independently owned and operated <laughs> establishment Rolanda <laughs> like that's all I got for you um and I would save the, the messages that they were that we were receiving and I would send it over to corporate like hey this is what we're getting like you may not get that out in Kentucky but I'm here in Newark I'm in Irvington I'm in East Orange all of our employees are black and brown the community is black and brown and this is how they feel so you may not have that out there but look at what this is what I have so <laughs> what are we doing Back to my, what are, what's the plan here? Um, so that that's kind of how we handled that. And, and you did bring up um, private equity. Yes, so, I didn't want to let you get off before you spoke yeah. about that. I, like, you came on, um, and you, like, you dropped it, and then he was like, yeah, before you go, I'm like, nah, uh-uh, give me some of that. No, no. So it's, I think my interest in that kind of sparked from, um, you would see like a lot of articles and stuff, like even most recently where it was like, Kevin Durant invested a million in Postmates and then it got acquired and his million turned into 15 million. I'm like, how are they doing this? Like, how is this happening? Um, you know, uh, Beyonce got paid, you know, she did a commercial for Uber. She said, pay, the, pay me an equity. Her 6 million turned into 300 million. I'm like, how are they doing this? So I started to try and like read more about it, um, research it. I tried to find an expert in that field. Um, so there's a guy, Rashawn Williams. Um, and if you look him up, he's a venture capitalist. He started off in like Wall Street, like investment banking. And then he kind of switched over into um, tech investing. Um, and I probably reached out to him maybe like two years ago. Um, be again, because, you know, I'm reading up on it, but I didn't have much experience in it. I didn't learn about it in school. It wasn't, you know, what I focused on. So I don't like to try and reinvent the wheel. So I will find somebody that is in that space. Um, and we've been working with him. So just having access. And he's actually um, one of the guys who I think you heard that Nas had a tech. Nas had a fund a mm -hmm. couple years ago. And there was like a meme going around that Nas made more money through his tech fund than he did from music. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how did he do this? And that's kind of what led me to Rashawn. And he's very passionate too about um, our community and how, you know, like there's often a lot of white billionaires that are in this space. And this is like, this is their space. There's no one, there's not a lot of us there. Um, and he kind of found a way to carve out space for like athletes and entertainers to have access to some of these deals. And even like there's a guy in Philly, lifelong venture capitalist, and it's literally like him and 15 friends. They're putting in 
millions. Like they have a, a hundred million dollar fund. They're like, they're literally, oh, let me invest in this company, that company. They'll invest in like a hundred companies. They expect, they don't care if 50 of them fail because the ones that make it the same way Kevin Durant's 1 million turned into 15 million or 6 million turns into 300 million. They don't care about all of the failures. Um, and that kind of goes back to the initial conversation about like expecting to, you expect to, you're riding your bike, you expect to fall off, you have your helmet on. For them, that's, they're expecting half of these companies, especially if you're investing in like startups, they know a lot of startups are going to fail. But for the ones that make it, this is going to be a huge win. Like if you think about the people that invested in Amazon when it was a thought, when it was an idea, when it was a PowerPoint presentation, you know, back in the 90s, you invested $20,000 into Amazon, you are, I don't even know how many, <laughs> what type of <laughs> money you have. <laughs> but if you Amazon from 1997 is now worth $1.7 million today. Listen, a thousand thousand and ninety seven is worth one point seven. No, one point nine million today. Sorry. And that's only investing a thousand. And like I was saying, the guy in Philly, when they're investing, they're sending million dollar checks. Wow. So imagine if you invested a million dollars in the nineties in Amazon. Like you're buying islands at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like B for billion in black yes. would definitely be the same B. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do we get into that space? So I think um Rashawn has been a great um, partner and resource, um, just continuing to learn more about it, how you get access to deals. Um, and I think uh, for me, like I said in the beginning, I think a lot of it is just strategic partnerships. Like we can't, we can't go into everything thinking that we can do it on our own. Um, and even as a community, we have to work together. We have to share information. And I don't know why we have everything all wrong. <laughs> you know, like someone can say, oh, where'd you get that shirt from? Oh, I don't know. No, I got this shirt from, you know, God, you know, God is dope. It's the black people in Atlanta. They had a sale the other day. Like, get on like we have to share the information. Even when I go into like, and sometimes it, it, it's upsetting. Like I'll go into, I love Dunkin' Donuts. I'll go into Dunkin' Donuts. I can tell it's the whole family that runs the business. Mm -hmm. I can tell mm -hmm. this is auntie, cousin, like, it's they don't let anyone in anyone in for us we have it all wrong oh i don't do fast food i don't want to work i don't want to do this i don't want to do that and i said okay that's fine like i have to pay my payroll whether it's my cousin working there or whether it's a stranger off the street like i still have to pay the money i'd rather pay it to my family and friends but if you don't want it then that's fine <laughs> i'm not going to force you to take it because either way, I still have to pay it. But I think, you know, it's it's a mindset that needs to change within our community where we continue to work together, to pour into each other, tell each other things. Like these types of conversations are needed. Um, even information, like things that I learned, I'm telling people like, stay away from this. Don't do this. Do this. Like, let's learn more about this. Um, and I think we just have to work together. Yeah. Rolanda, I really do hope that everybody who listens to this gets the joy of that radiates <laughs> from you that we've been able to uh, take in today. Um, Quaze, did you want to say something? Nah, nah. I was just okay, ready okay. to, you know, thank her just like everyone else. Thank you for joining us. 
it means a lot. You you gave us a wealth of information. Thank y'all for having me. Um, no problem. If I could, I just want to say uh, we kind of already discussed this before you got on, but we definitely plan on having you come back on, but with your husband, so that way we can talk yep. about what that entails as far as um, being a couple of individuals who are mm -hmm. uh, facing single and double minorities and then being in a marriage and then owning businesses together. So there are like, yeah. there's multiple levels to what it is that we would love to have you uncover. Um, and, yeah. and I think that, um, I think that people who operate in your space do not get enough praise and admiration for being able to do so. I don't think that that's something that we as a community highlight enough of. We always try to look at the quote unquote power couples are the people who yep. did Jay-Z and the Beyonce, but their careers were already Jay-Z and Beyonce they came together. Right. That was not like a, hey, I'm Jay and you're B and let's turn into Jay-Z and Beyonce. That's a yep. different, right. an entirely different stratosphere. And so I yep. commend you, but more than anything, I would love to steal some of that knowledge on how yep. you guys have been able to make it um, a success. And more than anything, I would love to be able to share that with other people. So first thing I want to yep. do is commend you for being able to operate in that space because it is a beautiful thing to see. And it also gives people like me hope, um, which I ain't got a lot of in 2020. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. 2020 <laughs> is wild. <laughs> but I appreciate it. And we definitely just want to commend you and also let you know that we will be um, trying to solicit some more of your time as a unit to make sure y'all, yeah. you know, dropping gems. We will be here. We're here for it. You know, just let us know. We'll coordinate the time. We'll do it. So, yes. Now we got it on camera. Don't, now stuck. Yeah, but don't be don't be too friendly, Rolanda. We, we we'll, we'll post up in your backyard and make it a thing. I mean, listen, as long as you know, you know, as long as y'all clean up after y'all go, we good. You're going to be in the backyard. I'm going to be all the trying to read what's on that whiteboard. Like, no, no, you, no, 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 no. Hey, hey Kent, you got to see that backyard. You you can't walk past the bar, you know what I mean? You're in it. You're you in it. The whiteboard's back there. I'm not going. If I'm trying to get to the whiteboard. Like, it's the number on that whiteboard, and I'm like, yes. That's how I work my whiteboard. So I put big numbers on the top, and that's what everything yep. underneath that is going to accumulate to. So I, that's that's where I'm gonna be. Oh gosh, y'all are funny. Yes. Thank you again, Rolanda, for your time. Yeah. Um, do just appreciate you. Hope that um, everything continues to just blossom beautifully for you and your family. And um, you again, if there's anything you need from us, again, we are the Just Us team. We're you know we're working to continue to support our people the best way we know how. So if there's ever a time that you need anything, a shout out, you need just some support, you need, you're trying to hire, you're going on a hire frenzy, just to give that word out. Yep. No, we are here to help. Thank you guys. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> have a good one, Rolanda. Be good. You too. I'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye.